so excited. It is Eden here with Stand Firm. I'm super excited for today's episode. Ah, I feel like I just want to like sit back with like some popcorn. I'm taking my sandals off. Okay. So let's, we're getting comfy today. Um, I'm so excited for this episode, you guys. Um, my monologues are kind of all over the place in terms of what I'm talking about. Like, obviously my show is about helping women. Don't get me wrong. But I also think it's super important for the younger generation and even our generation to know what's going on in the world because it blows my mind how many people have no idea what's happening in the world or even in our country. It's really bizarre to me. Um, And if you don't know what's going on, how are you supposed to be able to make change for the future, right? I think so many people, they just complain about problems that are happening, but it's like if you don't have the right to complain if you're not going to do anything to help your current country and situation. You know what I mean? Like, so it's important that we're educated and I'm here to educate you guys. Okay. It's a, it's a juicy, juicy topic today. Um, but I'm so excited to talk about it because this is going to change the trajectory of education for all of the high school students out there. This is so crucial for you to listen to. There's so many things changing. This is going to affect essentially everybody in one way or another. And that is the Supreme Court's most recent decision on affirmative action. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's wild. I I was actually on vacation in California. Last week I went to Newport Beach. So beautiful. Amazing time. I want to live there one day. Um, The government's a disaster. But I actually lived in LA last summer. And believe it or not, I fell in love with the state. Um, I'm originally from Arizona, like I've mentioned in my introductory, introductory. And, um, I had always been like, oh, California is just a disaster. It's so expensive. And then I moved there last summer because I was doing sales and I totally fell in love with it. It was like the best time of my life. I loved it so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally see myself living here one day. Um, and I'm going to be a doctor. So not to sound arrogant, but I'm not really going to be worried about the money aspect of things uh, because I know that's like the biggest hindrance for people moving to California, right? Is it's so expensive for sure. And I totally get that. And it's like, maybe if the state income tax gets to the point that it's like unreasonably so, like, I don't want them to be taking 50% of my income, obviously, like then to me, that wouldn't be worth it. Um, but I love California. So anyway, I, w- I was there over... Um, the last week and I turn on the news and I just see this big thing about the Supreme court. And I'm like, have I been living under a rock? Like, I'm sure like, guys, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, sorry, I got to get a little bit more comfy here. We're, we're, we're really getting into it today. You know, we're just, I'm in the sweatpants, which by the way, I'm obsessed with these pants. They're from set active. If they want to sponsor me, that would be fantastic. Um, I like them though, because they're a wide leg sweatpant. Sometimes, you know, like girls, I know, you know what I'm talking about when it's like scrunchy at the bottom, it makes like the whole leg, like a balloon. Like it's like baggy. You know what I mean? But like, these are form fitting and I, I've never seen a sweatpant like that. It's like form fitting on my legs, but it's not form fitting to the point that it's uncomfortable. Like it's still a sweat lounge pant. Um, but it looks good on me and it will look good on you. So go get yourself a pair. They are a little pricey, but in my opinion, they're definitely worth it. And they have a long inseam, which is super dope. And if you can't tell, I have ADHD because I love to go off on tangents. But, you know, we're here to chat. I love to chat with you guys. I feel like you guys are my friends. Like, it's so cool to be able to, like, discuss things with people um, that I really care about. And my listeners, I know that you guys care about these things too, right? So it makes me just automatically feel like we're all friends here. Um, so anyway, 
I see this thing on affirmative action and I'm like, I haven't heard anything up until this point. Like, this is so bizarre. And I'm that person that's like pretty up to date on like the news. So for me to not know anything up until this point was really weird. And so I like asked my parents, I was like, have I been living under a rock? I don't recall there being anything on the news up until this point about affirmative action. And they were like, no, like this is totally out of nowhere. And so I was like, well, obviously something sparked this, right? Um, But before we get into that, I kind of want to establish just the precedent of what's going on. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to explain it to you and we're going to kind of go into it a little bit, um, you know, why this happened and what it means. So essentially, let's start with what affirmative action is. Okay, we're we're just going to start there. So if you Google what affirmative action means, like today, in today's terms, um, it means, you know, whenever an organization devotes resources, including time and money, to make sure that people are not discriminated against on the basis of their gender, race, or ethnic group. Okay, so that is the most modern definition that we have of affirmative action. Now, What happened was affirmative action is not a new concept. This has been going on for a very long time. And basically what happened is affirmative action started in um, the late 60s. And we'll get into the origination of affirmative action. But what it's turned into today in its relevance, because what it was relevant to then is not necessarily what it is more relevant to now. So when we think of affirmative action nowadays, we think of college admissions. And affirmative action in college admissions means that your race gets taken into consideration when you are applying to college. Okay, so for example, if you're a minority group, Um, You know, whether you are Hispanic or African-American or Native American, Pacific Islander, you know, any of the minority races, essentially, if you're not white, um, your race gets taken into account. And from, you know, what we understand as a society, that can help you get into schools, right? Um, That's why nowadays they take race into consideration, oftentimes because we associate um, minority with either an underprivileged background or, you know, more difficulties being supported through school. Um, And so race has has kind of become a way to help those who are minorities get into college and have a better chance of getting into college, right? So I'm going to give you guys a couple examples here. So um, first and foremost, right, so my dad, um, my dad's a dentist and he is a white male, And he tried to get into dental school, um, many, many schools. And he only got into one and he had a 3.6 GPA and he scored very like moderate to well on the DAT, which is the dental aptitude test. Um, that's essentially what you take to get into dental school. Just like we, um, have talked about in previous episodes, the MCAS for getting into medical school. And so he like barely scathed by like he had multiple interviews. Um, and that pretty much almost wasn't good enough. Right. Um, but he had an African-American girl in his class who had a 2.7 GPA, um, and scored much worse than him on the DAT. 
she had an easier time getting into school than he did. She got in right away. Didn't have to go through multiple interviews. Um, and you know, as time goes on, they get to know each other and they, they, you know, find out that she, she had come from, you know, a very poor family and had a, a much more difficult life growing up than my dad had. And so essentially the, the whole concept of affirmative action nowadays is to help level the playing field. Um, because as America, right, we believe in equal opportunity. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can guarantee equal outcome because that's not the way um, that America operates in terms of their values. Um, but what we do want to do is try our best to guarantee equal opportunity um, because then that's a level of fairness. And from there, it's about how hard you work and your grit and your dedication to your your field, right? So um, affirmative action has been used to help level the playing field. And so, for example, I myself am Native American. Um, I'm not fully Native American. Of course, I mentioned my dad is white um, and my mom is Native American. So I am part Native American. And so when I applied to colleges um, and medical school, I had, you know, in my application that I was Native American. And I do believe that that helped me get into school, um, especially because before affirmative action was most recently banned, um, schools had to meet diversity requirements. And Native Americans are very, very low in terms of how many of them are applying to schools in um, the U.S. that's like not on the reservation. Um, so the percent of Native Americans that are applying to be doctors is even lower than undergraduate universities. So I do believe that me being Native American did help in me getting into medical school. Um, now, do I think that it should have? That's a different question that we'll talk about later. Um, but just to give you guys an understanding, that is what affirmative action is doing in terms of our day and age, how it's implemented into society, what it's actually doing. Now, you know, in theory, this does sound like a great idea. You know, you're, you're not discriminating and you're, you're helping those who are minorities. Well, the problem is that this all kind of started because of Asian American kids that were attending, well, applying to attend Harvard. So essentially, I had no idea that this has been going on since 2014. Um, it really wasn't in the news per se, like headlines, um, because I, I grew up in a home where, you know, politics was very heavily discussed and current events were very, very prominent. Um, but I never really heard a lot about this. I knew that Asian Americans were very smart. I, I did not assume that it was because they were Asian. <laughs> Um, I assumed it was because they worked really hard because their parents were most likely or their grandparents were most likely immigrants and they saw how hard life could be in China or other Asian countries where they're very poor and they thought to themselves, wow, I have so much motivation to go make something of myself. And so they, they feel that they owe their parents or their grandparents for making that sacrifice to move across the world um, so that their kid could have a better life. And some of these kids who are immigrants themselves have seen how hard life can be um, when they don't have an education. And so I think a lot of them um, have had experiences with their families and they realize that they're so fortunate to be in America that they work so, so hard. And I mean, a lot of people talk about this, like the Chinese are going to, they outwork us. I mean, their kids go to school 12 hours a day. We go for like six or seven um, because they're, they're more motivated than we are. 
Um, and that's kind of a whole nother conversation, but basically anyway, Harvard, um, has an admissions process. And if you've made it to like their last step in the admissions process, okay. Um, their qualifications are, you know, the characteristics that they are judging you on in this last round of applications. One of them is race. Okay. So race is one of the four factors that you, that is taken into consideration when looking at you as an applicant. And so what was happening, um, and this is kind of the irony, right? Is that Asian Americans since 2014 have started to feel reverse discrimination because they've become so smart and they're essentially overqualified. Does that make sense? So let's kind of take a step back here. Remember, we mentioned that affirmative action is used to help minorities to level the playing field, to give them a little bit of an upper hand to get into college. Well, the problem now is that you have Asian Americans, which is a minority. Um, They're outperforming the white kids and they have every qualification possible to get into these schools. They've worked their entire life to get to this position and Harvard's denying them because they are too smart essentially is like what, what, what they're saying in a nutshell. And the Asian Americans have felt that this was reverse discrimination. And I mean, can you blame them? And this, that is an example of affirmative action. Um, you know, it's those resources that universities devote to making sure that, you know, we're not discriminating, but by not discriminating, we're taking race into consideration. Does that make sense? I know it feels kind of backwards, um, right? That we talk about affirmative action being, you know, non-discriminatory, but we are focusing on minorities to help them get into schools. It's kind of a weird way of thinking. Um, and it's going to get even weirder as we get into the origins of affirmative action here. But essentially, just so you guys are aware that we, we've established this foundation here, right? That Asian Americans are trying to get into Harvard. They were scoring exceptionally well, more than white kids, and they were being turned down because of their race. Um, and because they were too smart. And remember, affirmative action is is something that, how do I put this? It is It essentially is saying, you know, okay, you're in this position. We're going to help you as much as we can because of your race. But if you're Asian American, imagine how you would feel. You're like, wait, because of my race, you should be trying to help me. But because of my race, you're not trying to help me. It's very confusing. You know what I mean? Um, And I want to be super clear about my political positions here. Um, Just as a kind of quick little tangent is I'm not trying to push a political agenda here. In fact, um, I don't want to try and do that in any of my episodes. I want to educate and let you guys make decisions for yourself. Unless there's something that I feel like super clearly strong about. Uh, So I was raised in a very conservative household. And, um, my dad though, always like made me critically think about everything. Like I was not brainwashed to anything, if that makes sense. Um, and then I actually went to college at a private Christian school, but two of my roommates were from Santa Cruz, California, uh, shout out to Chloe and, um, Elise. So I spent a lot of time with them and believe it or not, 
when I was an undergrad at a private Christian school, mind you, which, you know, we typically associate Christian with conservative. I became a Democrat. Like I totally swung to the other side and I was like totally Democrat. And it was very interesting. Um, and my dad was like, cool with it. He didn't care, but he did say, you know, I want you to know why you believe what you believe. You know, he's like, I don't want you just to believe something because you grew up hearing something from me. And even though I made you critically think, you know, what you're surrounded by, you just typically believe. And I was raised in a religion where a lot of people were conservative as well. So, you know, taking that with a grain of salt. Um, he also said, you know, and I also don't want you just to believe something because you live with two girls who are also Democrats. You need to read and educate yourself and make those decisions for yourself so that you can confidently, if you ever need to defend your position and also make sure that you're, um, you know, morally grounded and that you're making decisions that, um, really agree with your morals and that your beliefs are consistent. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good point. Um, my dad's a smart man, but we're so much alike that we, we butt heads a lot, but he's my best friend. Anyway. Um, I actually read so many books and we'll go into some of my favorite books in another episode, but long story short, by the end of college, I had read so many books. I felt morally obligated to kind of start to move back to the conservative side, which was very interesting. But I think that I have a unique perspective because I've been on both sides of the spectrum. And I do think that it's made me a much more tolerant individual because I've been able to experience both sides. So I just want to say, I think we've become so polarized as a country of being like, left versus right. And I totally agree now with Thomas Jefferson that like we should not have had political parties because it's so stupid. Like it's not even about what's right and wrong anymore. It's just about proving somebody else wrong so that you can feel good. It's like, get off your high horse and let's just like come to the table, find solutions together that are going to be for the benefit of our country. Um, and I know that's so different because a lot of people have different visions of what America should be. Uh, but I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there that, um, I consider myself an independent and I take issues for what they are, I don't say, oh, well, because the left believes this, I think it's wrong. No, there are points that I agree with on the conservative side. And there's also, you know, things that I agree with on the liberal slash democratic side. I will say I tend to lean a little bit more right, but I would say I'm fairly in the middle. Um, so just to put a disclaimer out there, you guys, I, I really want to just make sure that Everybody feels comfortable and safe in these conversations that we're having, even though it's literally just me talking. But I am going to do Q&As in the future, um, and I just want to respect everybody's um, opinions. So anyway, to get back on track here. <laughs> so these Asian Americans were feeling reverse discrimination due to affirmative action. And so they brought this to the Supreme Court. It's been since 2014. It's been a lawsuit that's been a long time coming. And so the Supreme Court just banned affirmative action. Basically saying, in a nutshell, race cannot be a factor when letting someone into admissions. Okay, so real life terms, you can't let an African-American person in over a white person if they have the same GPA. Moreover, you can't let a Latino person in over a white person if their GPA is lower. Because I had this conversation with one of my classmates. He's a white Christian male. Um, and I would say probably 80% of my med school class are white people. Um, our class is split 50-50. Like it's it's half girls, half boys. Um, but I would say 80% of my class is white. And so him and I were talking and I was like, here. but before this even came up, like let's just, let me be clear on that. This was before this whole affirmative action thing came up. But we were just talking about... Um, diversity, right? Because schools have focused so much on diversity the last couple of years. 
So him and I are sitting there and I was like, it's so weird to me because I said, you and I, if we're sitting in front of an admissions panel, we both have great personalities. We scored the same on the MCAT. We both have the same GPA and they're looking at us on paper. They see that you're white and I'm Native American. I said, I guarantee they're going to take me over you. And he was like, no, I 100% agree with you. And so that begs the question, right? Is that is that right? Is that wrong? Because in a way, some people might think that that's discrimination. They're like, wait, that's reverse discrimination. That guy worked just as hard as you did to get into medical school. Yeah, they're going to choose you just because of your race. And that's not fair. And then other people would be like, well, you know, we we pushed Native Americans out of their lands. And that wasn't fair. And so years and years and years of being, you know, secluded people, we've developed reservations and that has way worse school systems, not great access to healthcare, not great access to educational resources. Um, you know, and the same goes with, you know, African-American families. And I know it's not something people want to talk about, but I think that it's definitely something that we need to address is, you know, roots, roots run deep. And so you think about, you know, slavery more than 200 years ago. Um, but you have to think too, when slavery was abolished, a lot of African-Americans did not still have the same rights. Like we ended up passing the 14th amendment, which provided equal protection under all citizens. And that was to make sure that freed slaves were like protected and that they were actually citizens. Um, but you know, they couldn't get good jobs. They were still discriminated against. We had segregation up until, you know, the freaking 50s, 60s. So they didn't have good jobs. They settled into their neighborhoods, lower income. And so those neighborhoods, like people stand, tend to stay with their people, right? And so we see generations of people staying together. And then that bleeds into what we see today, right? So we see a lot of African-American communities still in the hood. We see them in poverty. And if you trace it back, like there are still implications from slavery that we are seeing today. Now, I'm also not saying that we should blame everything on that because if you you could blame everything on your past but that will do nothing for you moving forward or for your future um you know what i mean so it's a very hard conversation um and you know to what extent i feel that it's my place to give an opinion on these things is difficult because i'm not i'm not african-american but i am native american um and i understand like something similar happened to my ancestors and it, it makes me sad that they were pushed out of their lands killed I mean, when Christopher Columbus came over, my goodness, like 90% of them died. And that makes me sad. Um, and I have a lot of respect for my ancestors, but I don't in any way use that as an excuse for me not to move myself forward because that would do nothing for me. So uh, it's a hard conversation. But anyway, because I love to go off on tangents, hopefully you guys are entertained. Um because again, I wanted this to be entertaining and also educational. But so anyway, the Supreme Court rules against affirmative action. And so because of this, you know, the country's going to be like on its head. We're like, what is going on? Um, it was a six to three ruling and two of, and by the way, this is a, this is a conservative Supreme Court. Um, and it was interesting because you had two African-Americans, one voted for it, one voted against it. Um, and they both had said that they... They, they both, I think, went to Harvard or they were both lawyers. 
And they mentioned that they both had gotten into college due to affirmative action, like, you know, them being African-American helped them get into good schools. And so it was interesting to see they had completely opposite perspectives. You know, one voted to ban it and one voted to keep it. And they both had experienced affirmative action. So it's very interesting. You know, everyone's going to have their own opinion on this thing. And I don't know if there's a complete right or wrong. You know, it, it's a very hard thing to to talk about. Um, but, you know, again, just to reiterate, affirmative action being banned just now means that schools that used to factor in race and gender into their admissions process no longer will use that as criteria for admissions. Um, but let's be clear, there was, um, you know, states that had already banned affirmative action. There's been eight or nine states, I believe, that have banned it quite a long time ago. Um, and we do see that there is a little bit of discrepancy there, like their diversity is not quite as high. Um, and I think naturally we are going to see a decline in diversity. I, I do think that that's going to happen because I think naturally people who come from worse backgrounds, you know, who are minorities, they might think to themselves, well, why should I even try? You know, why should I even try to get into school? Because I don't have a one-up on a white person who went to a private school and had a private tutor and didn't have to work and has, you know, been given every opportunity to be successful and has had access to every resource where I grew up where my mom was a drug addict and my dad wasn't in the home and I had to work two jobs and take care of my siblings. You know, there's stories like that all the time. Um, but we had been using affirmative action to try and help those people that were more disadvantaged. So I do think that it will decrease the diversity in our schools, um, banning affirmative action, you know, but I think it's important that we understand the roots of affirmative action because it started back when president Kennedy was in office. Um, so he actually passed affirmative action in response to the civil rights movement. So yeah, it's, it's way back there. Right. Um, and so he did this in efforts to decrease racial and religious discrimination in the hiring process. So believe it or not, affirmative action was originally, originally started for hiring because think about it. This was right around the time that, African-Americans had started to get jobs and there was an obvious discrimination happening in the communities. And so President Kennedy was like, and this was post-World War II. Um, during World War II, a lot of African-Americans had great opportunities to work in like military production. A lot of factory jobs were available. Like it was great for the economy. But after that, a lot of the soldiers came back. They're all white. Um, and then there's problems, right? African-Americans can't get jobs, etc. So he's like, okay, this was 1961 that he says, we're going to pass this thing called affirmative action so that we are going to get rid of racial discrimination in the hiring process. He's basically saying you are not looking at race at all. And then this was actually, you know, amidst the whole, again, civil rights movement. And you have the civil rights act of 1964 passed. Um, and so this civil rights act was probably the most prominent one that we've seen because that outlawed discrimination entirely, no matter what. Right. So it wasn't just in the hiring process. They're just saying in general, in life, you know, discrimination, no go, bad, outlawed, which is a great thing. Fantastic. Um, and so this whole idea of affirmative action, while it was, you know, um, 
starting in 1961. It really didn't get federally applied until 1965, which kind of makes sense just because you didn't have the Civil Rights Act of 1960 passed until 1964. Um, so unable to enact something federally about discrimination, it makes sense that you would have to first pass a baseline and then add on top of that. So it really did not include gender actually until 1968. Um, but that isn't quite as much of an issue, um, which is very interesting because I think that we, this whole affirmative action thing, right, we've mostly focused on race, um, but it does include gender in terms of like college admissions. But I do think that because like feminism has moved so far in like a direction of masculinity that there's like no problem as much with girls applying to colleges, if that makes sense. Like colleges are roughly 50-50 now anyway. Um, so I don't think like affirmative action is really going to make an impact on girls, if that makes sense. Like girls have already moved in this direction on their own. They didn't need affirmative action, if that makes sense. Like, of course they did for a certain amount of time, right? When females had to get their, um, rights and things like that. But in this day and age, there's so many girls applying to college that I think we're kind of past that. Like we see boys and girls as equals in college anyway. Um, but just so that it is noted. Um, gender was included in the um, affirmative, affirmative action in 1968. So the reason that this is important is because in addition to the hiring process outlawing discrimination, because they outlawed discrimination outright by the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that also meant college, right? Because I think, you know, President Kennedy, smart guy, love him. I, I act as if I know him. Um, but he understood that if you wanted to have good jobs that you were going to have African-Americans applying for anyway, they were probably going to have to have an education, which logically makes sense. Right. So, um, he thought to himself, you know, well, I need to make sure that they're not discriminated against when they're going into school. So we need to make sure that discrimination is outlawed in the education department as well. Um, so when you think about it, the original concept, concept of affirmative action was when African-Americans and whites are going to school and applying for college, you don't look at their race at all. You just see them as two equals. And I don't know if it's just me, but like, I sat there and I was like, why does this sound like opposite to what it is now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it was weird. Like I read that and I was like, wait a second, what? Like affirmative action was targeted and created to end racism. And, you know, specifically with African-Americans, obviously at that time, I mean, in the law, like it says, you know, you can't discriminate against any race X, Y, Z. But obviously this was during the civil rights movement, which was for African-Americans. And it was the civil rights act, civil rights act. Okay. So, you know, of 1964. Um, so it's just interesting that they were, the, you know, the affirmative action was saying back then, you're not going to consider race. And affirmative action now in colleges is, that's exactly what you are. You're doing the opposite. You're considering race, right? And I, I'm not here, again, to push the agenda, but that's a fact. That those are These are just facts. And that's like, I think a lot of what I want to be clear of is I'm just telling you guys the facts. So if you don't like it, you don't like it, but that's something you're going to have to reconcile on your own. Um, and what is interesting is that the facts get even more juicy. Okay. So here's where it gets interesting. So 
you pass this affirmative action in 1968. By 1965, because 1965 was, you know, when you had that uh, affirmative action in terms of hiring, like totally enacted. But again, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 just outlawed it all together so that you could have African Americans doing better in education. By 1965, the black population in college is 4.9%. By 1990, 11.3% of college students are black. So that's great, right? That's more than doubled, which is fantastic. We're moving in the right direction. But what's interesting is that this has dropped. Can you hear me out? So, African-American college attendance has been on the rise until 2010. But the percentage that it's jumped until 2010 has been small. Does that make sense? Right? So, you, you doubled it from 1965 to 1990, but you didn't double it for the next... I can't do math. What's 1965 to 1990? 25 years, right? The next 25 years after that, I did not double. So... Until 2010, it was on the rise, but since 2010, it's been on a decline, which is really interesting. Well, at first I thought, well, that's interesting, but it gets really interesting when you look at other races, and this is where it gets weird. Okay, so attendance among Hispanic or Latino students skyrocketed in the last 50 years and it's continuing to grow. American Indian or Alaska Native students has been on the decline since 2010. I also think that when you speak of Native Americans, you kind of have to like put this in a separate category and even Pacific Islanders because Native Americans have their own education systems. So it's like they have their own schools and they're kind of on their own land and there's a lot of different factors that play into that. And so I don't even know if it's fair to put that on the same playing field as all the other minorities, um, especially as like somebody who is Native American. And when I was going to like school, there were so many different avenues that I had to go through in order to like apply for aid and funding and things like that, that other friends that I have that are minorities did not have to go through. Like Native American specific stuff is very unique and it's very different. And so I think when you look at the metrics and like the statistics and data, um, you can't just like take it at face value, if that makes sense, when it comes to the Native American population. So anyway, um, because I get, they have other options, you know what I mean? So Asian Americans has steadily grown since 2010. And that's kind of the main races that we're covering here. But this is what blows my mind, you guys. Blows my mind. So I told you that the Hispanic enrollment has skyrocketed. Okay, but get this. Hispanic enrollment has increased 466% since 1976. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that one more time because I myself did not believe it when I read that statistic. And I had to go to like three different sources to confirm that. Hispanic enrollment has increased 400 since 1976. That 
blows my mind. You, I just, I can't, I don't even understand. So here's where I just kind of had to take a step back. And I was like, okay, these are the facts. These are the facts. Why these facts are what they are, I think is a very, very deep, multifactorial, intricate conversation, right? But what we can conclude from these facts is that if affirmative action was meant to help African-Americans in education, it is no longer effective. And I say that lightly because we haven't seen the implications of not having affirmative action. We just banned it, right? We can't say that. But we can say that it has not been working. Um, so my, you know, what I'm thinking is that there's other factors that are impacting African-Americans not getting into school. And those are other factors that we need to find, dig deep, find the root cause of, and address. And I think that's a conversation for another time. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, what you guys think. I mean, honestly, like, I'd love to do some type of, like, Q&A or, like, ask questions because it's weird to me. Like, why has Hispanic attendance skyrocketed and why has african-american dipped like is affirmative action helping latinos and latinas and it's not helping african-americans like that makes zero sense to me um and like asian americans they're growing they're still attending college i think that's more of like their own merit like hard work um and I guess I kind of am stereotyping, so I apologize because it's 2023. And if I say that, I know I'm going to get censored, but, or canceled. I just don't really care, you guys. I, like, in all honesty, like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to say facts and I will give certain opinions. And if you don't like it, like, I just don't care. Because we should be able to dialogue and have different opinions and, like, not be triggered. It's okay. Um. So, I want to know your guys' thoughts, right? Like, obviously this isn't working. So there, there has to be something else done. And so I think that's also a good point that I wanted to make is that, okay, affirmative action's banned. And, but like, what's another solution moving forward, right? What's a better solution to make sure that the playing field is leveled? Because obviously I understand that affirmative action nowadays was trying to help minorities get into college. But now that it's banned, what are other options? Like, what are other ways that we can level the playing field for people? And there is a thing called class-based affirmative action. I personally think that this is a great idea. Um, and so basically what this means is that class-based affirmative action helps people that came from disadvantaged backgrounds or low socioeconomic status disadvantageous circumstances such as no parent household in order to level the playing field. This is regardless of race or ethnicity or gender. I personally think that that is a great idea because here's the thing, and I think this is also what we're not considering, there's white people in poverty. You know what I mean? Like, so that I think is what's hard for me. I mean, have you seen it by all? If you don't get the reference, that's to Eminem and you need to all go like, Future American and watch that documentary. It's so good. Um, he plays himself in the movie, which is cool. Anyway, Eminem, he's a well-known rapper, obviously. Again, if you don't know who Eminem is, I'm genuinely concerned for you. Um, but he came from nothing and he was a white dude. 
you know, there's white people in poverty, there's black people in poverty, there's every freaking race in poverty. And so I understand that some people have felt that there has been reverse discrimination in this country in the college admissions process. And I also understand why people think that, you know, race should no longer play a factor. And so I think class-based affirmative action is a great idea because at the end of the day, like, that's the color of your, like, we're not racist anymore. And I, I, that is something I would freaking get canceled for. I know. And I guess I say that lightly, but like, let's be honest. We're not racist like we were in the freaking 1960s. Like, come on. But we still do on people in poverty, right? The color of your skin no longer really matters. Um, you know, we all go to school together. I look at a black person, an Asian person, a Mexican person, 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 the same, you know? Um, and so the color of your skin should not be a factor anymore in getting you into college. We're past that. We're over it. And that was not, that was the whole point of the original affirmative action was that your skin color should not impact your ability to get into college. And I, based on this conversation that we're having, maybe you can see it, but I feel like we've, we've kind of flipped it on its head and we're, we're doing the exact opposite. We are basing people's admissions on the color of their skin. And we know we don't need to do that. There's no reason to do it. Um, and I think class-based affirmative action is a fantastic way to level the playing fields. Um, because it takes people who haven't had the opportunities that other people have. And then that way, they take that into consideration. Um, and if for some reason, you were African American or you were a minority, and you were discriminated against growing up, and that made your life difficult, you can put that in your essay. Like, then race is valid. Like, then there's a reason for that. And they do mention that in um, the Supreme Court ban. They do mention that, you know, if race was a pivotal part of you growing up that made your life difficult, like, by all means, yes, we take that into consideration. But just you existing as you are, the color of your skin should not matter. Like, for me, being Native American should not impact me getting into school. I grew up in a, in a fairly well-off family. I never was discriminated against. I never struggled because of the color of my skin because we don't live in a day and age that does that really anymore. And so when I knew that I had an upper hand getting into college, I mean, it took it because it was there. I felt that it, I didn't feel that it was right though. There was no reason for me to be let into college over somebody else. Especially if they had better scores than me, just because I happen to have part of my DNA be Native American. Like, I guess, thank you to my ancestors, you know, for helping me out there. But that's, college should be based on your merit and how hard you work to get there. And if people didn't get as good of grades because they had to work two jobs in college, that should be taken into consideration. And I do think that they should be let in with a lower GPA. Um... And so I do think that class-based affirmative action is a fantastic way to measure and level the playing field for people. Um, and I want to know your guys' thoughts. What do you think? What What are your thoughts in the span of affirmative action? Um, and moving forward, what do you think the implications will be? Um, do you think that we're going to have less diversity in schools? Um, and, you know, just today I saw, because I was, this was actually one of my first thoughts, ironically enough, when they banned affirmative action is I thought to myself, 
well, what about the scholarships? Because I know, like, as um, I've mentioned being Native American, there were a lot of scholarships that I was able to apply for because I'm Native American. And I know there's so many scholarships for minorities. Um, and so I'm wondering how those are going to be impacted because I think those will have a big impact on people. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about that? What do you think we should do about scholarships for minorities? What do you think about class-based affirmative action? I want to know how you guys feel because we're here to have conversations. This is a hard conversation, I know. And not everybody's going to feel the same way and that's okay because we all have different experiences of how we grew up and I recognize that. I recognize that I grew up one way and I may not have had certain um, exposures to experiences that other people have had. You know, so I, I want to make sure that I hear everybody. Your your thoughts and feelings are valid. You know, let, let's let's come to a place that we can have a conversation. But I also think it's important that there's a difference between facts and feelings. You know, you can feel a certain way, but sometimes the facts speak. Um, I, I do think that a lot of these facts, especially with the decline in African-American um, attendance, um, it, it's partial proof that, you know, affirmative action isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, you know, and we see these Asian-Americans being reverse discriminated against. Um, and that's not okay. So, you know, obviously I think that this is again a very polarizing decision, but let me know your thoughts. I'm excited to hear. I hope you guys liked this episode. I hope you don't mind the tangents that I go off on. I feel like this was such a fun way to like really just sit and chat with you guys. I, I love current events. I think that, I don't know. It's just, it's important to know these things, you know, especially if you vote, like you have a lot of responsibility as a voter to make decisions that, have a lot of impact. They have a lot of consequences. So don't forget that, you guys. Like, as voters, like, we're so blessed to live in a country where we have the opportunity to vote. Like, don't waste that. Um, know what you're voting for. Be educated and stand, stand for what you believe in. Like, find something that you believe in. Stand for. And I think that's another thing. The younger generation. Why do you believe what you believe? Do you believe it because you saw TikTok about it or social media or because it's popular, or do you believe it because you think that it's the right thing? Think about those things. I appreciate you guys, and I look forward to your questions and chatting with you guys again soon.